Welcome to the Legacy Leaders Podcast. Are you doing the best for your client to help them create their legacy? Are you creating a plan that goes far beyond finances to help people ensure that it becomes the driving force behind all decisions? On this podcast, hosts Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller will help you with growing your practice and your client's peace of mind. Together, they bring the best and brightest minds to share with you how to help your clients develop their best legacy. And now, here are your hosts, Katie Beth and Stan. Hi, everybody. I'm Rod Hatley. I'm a tax estate planning and asset protection attorney with the Legacy Leaders Network. And I have the privilege today to talk to a colleague, uh, Mike Hood, who is a financial advisor here in San Diego, where I am. And uh, Mike, welcome to the program. Thanks for being available for this podcast interview. And I guess what I, my initial question is, uh, how did you become a financial advisor? Well, you know, I think like most origin stories, there's usually more to the actual story than what there really is. But the short answer, my wife and I had been married a few years. We were expecting our first child and we'd always planned on a stay-at-home mom situation. I know that makes me sound like a 90-year-old guy, but we, uh, that was our thing. We wanted that to be our family uh, you know, plan. And the only thing I could think of was to get into a business where I had have unlimited income and to try to replace my wife's income. So that's what kind of got me interested. I'd been in banking and then I was recruited out of one of the branches to be in testing. And the rest yeah. is kind of you know, history. There's a big, on my website at hoodfinancial.com, there's the Hood Financial story that kind of goes into more depth. Ah, okay. So, Very good. That's what happened, you know? Yeah. Okay. Can you share with me what you like most about the business? And then the flip side is what do you like least about the business? Agent? Yeah. I'll start with the last first because it's ever present, as I'm sure it is in your industry and a lot of others. It's the regulation, it's the minutia, it's the detail, the behind the scenes stuff people don't see. You know, We're very highly regulated, which is great because right. we want to be careful. We want to be good fiduciaries to our clients. So that part is cumbersome to deal with and it's expensive. Okay. Um, but it's certainly, it's helping the client. And I know everyone says that, and I know it sounds very cliche, but I really have a passion for helping people and enjoy seeing the results that I can bring to the table, even at some slight improvement or putting them on a different path. I really get great satisfaction knowing that I had a hand in that. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's see. Because, you know, the focus of legacy leaders is really, you know, the idea of legacy and a planning that includes maybe leaving a legacy, which is more than just the financial part of it, but also, you know, the other stuff, you know, like uh, traditions and values and things. Yeah. Exactly. Let's see. Can you share it uh, without mentioning names, of course, can you share a situation possibly that you've had in your experience where you saw a family go through difficult times because of a failure to plan or maybe they got a plan, but they hadn't kept it updated or maintained, et cetera. Anything like uh, that? that you- yeah. Unfortunately, there's too many of those kinds oh, of stories. And it's frustrating because they're really preventable. Yeah. Uh, some are in my own, my extended family. Yeah. You're not a prophet in your own hometown, that kind of Of course. Thing. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, my father-in-law, bless his heart, is the poster child of not planning. I, w- I was barely good enough to marry his daughter 40 years ago, <laughs> let alone. Right. You know, handle what little money we found out he had on the on the tail end of his life. He's in a memory care facility. He's doing well, but he did not plan at all. So uh, you know, there's just, and that's the thing that I think that's so hard is that there are a lot of preventable ways of fixing things. But one family in particular, just kind of fast forward, the the end result was, you know, we were able to preserve tax free dollars instead of what would have been taxable dollars at that. 
In fact, had, had I not worked with this client at all, I know for a fact you would have run out of money. There would have been no inheritance because of the planning we did kind of from the financial side, you know, because yeah. the legal side is really important and people need to get all those things dialed in. But sometimes I think the lack of the financial side really creates bigger problems, yeah. you know, because he could have had the best trust in the world, but if he ran out of money because he was paying this nursing home forever. Yeah. You know? So bottom line, he, we kept him going and yeah. he had all the money he needed. We left tax-free value behind and he's one of those guys. He, would, he didn't recognize his grandkids, but if you asked him, who is Mike Hood? He would say, he's the guy who got me out of the market in 2008. Good. <laughs> Fabulous. Summer of 2008, we got him out. We arranged all this stuff and he was golden for many, many years. Yeah. And what's yeah. interesting is so that legacy passed to his two kids, a son and daughter. Tragically, that daughter has passed uh-huh. and the her husband has received, you know, so I'm looking and I'm working with him, yeah. realizing he would not have any of this. And so I just take great, great satisfaction from that. It has to do with a lot of professionals, of course. Yeah. Okay. Tell me, Mike, about your uh, the ideal client or referral to work with for you. And I and let me ask you before you even enter that, you bill yourself as the retirement Sherpa. So I'm going to assume- what is that? <laughs> well, can you share more about how you came to call yourself the retirement Sherpa? And I assume that may probably tie into what your ideal client is. Can you talk about that? Yeah. That's a good question. So if you notice on our logo, it's Mount Hood. We actually had a contest years ago with clients to, for a, you know, do you have any ideas for a logo that we should use? And one of them suggested it probably 20 some years ago. Awesome. So we've been using it ever since, but I realize it's a great analogy and metaphor for our financial life. Great. So climbing yeah. the mountain is yeah. pre-retirement where you're building assets and things. You get to the top, that is retirement. Right. Coming back down is post-retirement. And here we got Mount Everest. We got all these people and they're going up and down. They're crossing over each other. And this was a famous picture a few years ago where tragically a lot of people passed away. Yeah. So this idea of a retirement Sherpa kind of was born out of this thought that a lot of people are good to try to get to the top, but they don't know what it looks like coming down. And so right. yeah. you're going to climb a mountain, you would need a map, the sure. right gear, and a guide. And so I built my whole process and you can see it on my website at hoodfinancial.com. You can see that the map is a financial plan. The gear is your investments and things you need to the tools. And then the guide is me to help you because I've been up and down this mountain hundreds of times. And most people retire only once, hopefully, right? Well, that would be the goal, sure. Yeah. So I wake up every morning with this image in my mind of helping people navigate and try to get up and down. And the big takeaway that I think most people are surprised about, and this goes back to the ideal client, yeah, that- the tools and strategies and investments and, and things that you use, the gear that you use to get you to the top, isn't the same gear you should be using coming down. Okay. For, for a lot of reasons, it might be too difficult to get into in the short amount of time we have. So right. my ideal client is someone that's you know probably five to 10 years away from retirement or five to 10 years coming down the mountain and starting to recognize they may have some difficulties. You know, They want to be, they need to be educated because- it's a whole different world than it was, you know, back when the greatest generation was retiring with pensions and out of debt and those kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, the world really has changed. So I said, yeah, really I mean, there, there wasn't even such a thing as a retirement degree. That RICP is a retirement income certified professional. There was no such thing as retirement planning when I started because it was done for you automatically. And now it's a different world. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Let's talk if we can about your process for helping your clients 
with their investments and their retirement planning. Can you share a little bit about that, please? Yeah, and it, it kind of goes back to the process of the map, gear, and guide. So we have right. a three-step process where we, you know, take a look at everything they have, you right. know, which kind of helps us kind of formulate the map. We do risk analysis, we do budgeting, we do investment planning and the taxes and income planning is the big one. There are a number of choices to be made nowadays and timing issues, you know, because the greatest generation when they retired, they took social security on the same day they quit, on the same day they took their pension, on the same day they burned their mortgage and got their gold watch. Yeah. That was kind of what everyone did back then. And they all did it the same way. And now those 90 something year old people are bemoaning the fact that they took social security at 62. Because it's so much less right. than had they waited, right? So right. there's a lot of timing and it is very, very, very complex. There's yeah. a lot of moving parts if you do it the right way. Right. And, uh, and that's what we strive to do. So we have a methodical process. We do take our time. We vet strategies. We test drive routes up and down the mountain and different okay. gear and things so people can be assured that they're on the right track. Okay. Terrific. Question I've got here is if you could share about a time when completing business with someone was one of your greatest experiences, but and also one of your worst experiences. So, can you share? Well, I think that the story that I mentioned earlier about that client, I mean, that still sticks out to me as probably being one of the best I've had, you know, and, where I really was able to see that impact had I not been involved. Yeah. And I don't want it to sound like an ego thing. Again, I think any professional that does it's worth his or her salt, you know, we have great impact on people. Yeah. But, uh, but in particular, in the financial world, I mean, money cuts across all areas of life. And to know you can have that impact is powerful. Probably the worst experience I had was a client that I'm still working with because the husband was kind of very close to the vest. He wow. you know, felt like things were taken care of. And I simply thought, hey, second opinion, another pair of eyes, right. what we'll find. And it wasn't until after he passed away that we started to dig through and realize that... Uh, it was a facade and it's been the biggest, most expensive, time-consuming thing that I've seen that I've gone through and this poor widow has gone through. But there again, it was the gratification of being able to help her during that time. And now I feel like, you know, if I run across someone else like that, I say, hey, go call so-and-so. Ask her if you think, if you should, yeah, that you ought to just let me take a second look at what's going on. And I'm sure you get your uh, legal practice too in reviewing documents, you know. Sure. Lots of I, mean, I look at trusts that were done years ago. <laughs> and luckily, you know, we have the clients in my office and we're talking about updating the planning. Yeah. The, you know, one of the biggest problems that they have is that, you know, assets are not owned by the living trust. And we're typically, it's the, the, the home. Maybe they took the home out of trust to refinance it, but when they closed escrow, forgot to put it back in trust or left instructions to put it back in trust and that didn't happen. You know, that could be a problem when someone passes on and or the plan. I mean, when they did the plan originally, you know, maybe there was one child and now there are three kids, you know, just things change. And of course, the law changes and my experiences as an attorney changes. Ideally, I think I get smarter over time. Yeah, I hope I have too. <laughs> Don't yeah, it's funny. The, the, the always. Thing, I remember I'd meet with clients and I would say, oh, is this in your trust? And they go, oh, yeah, they'd pull out the Schedule A. And it would list all the assets and then say, see, it's in my trust. No, it's not in your trust because the title is not. No. And yeah, there's a lot of misconceptions on those areas. Of course. Okay. I'm going to push you on the spot, Mike. Let me just ask you this question. What is one thing that people need to know about you? If I can be so bold. Yeah. 
I won't say that I am the smartest or the best at XYZ, but I truly do, I truly care. That is one thing that is just innate as part of me. I really do enjoy helping people. Early on, it was survival. You know, my wife had just quit work and we've got this brand new baby. Literally a month before I jumped in this business, she quit the job and I jumped in full-time financial services, Mm -hmm. self-employment and all that uncertainty brings. And at that point, it was survival. Uh, But the more I've gone along, I realized that the satisfaction of helping people, I really, really do care. Oftentimes, I find myself caring more than the client. I'm sure you've been in that position too. Oh, yeah. And I say, well, good luck. (laughs) You know, I know it's going to happen. And uh, I don't want to be the I told you so guy, but there's a certain way of doing X, Y, Z. And so I think that's just that I, I really, really do care. I care about details. Yeah. Details matter an enormous amount. Oh my God. It's, you can't overstate that. I mean, it just, and that's why as an attorney, I really say, you know, that they pay me to look at the details because yeah, yeah. that's where, you know, we can make a big difference to just, you know, make recommendations and to actually read the documents. What do they say? Right. And it's all in the documents or it's not. And if it's not in the documents, we can't do certain things. Yeah. But if it's provided for, well, then now you have options and you can just go this way or that way. You have choice and you remain in control. Yeah. I've learned to not uh, take anything for granted. If someone tells me that something's a certain way, I say, let's go to the, like, say the documents or let's go to the statement or look at the thing. And one guy could swore up and down that his wife was the beneficiary of his IRA. And I said, well, I was, I happened to be at his house. I said, well, pull up your Vanguard. Let's take a look. Nope. His wife was not the beneficiary of his IRA. Oh, wow. It was was the most convoluted beneficiary I'd ever seen, actually, in 30 plus years of practice. It was very weird and it would have caused, the immediate taxation or over a five-year period oh, of Lord. this $1.5 million IRA. Just that one little detail, just by pressing the issue, you know, saved them a ton, a ton of money. Or what you, what I will sometimes see is somebody who, you know, has been married a time or two and they haven't updated the beneficiary designation to the new or the current spouse. Right. And it, you can just imagine having the conversation with that new spouse to find out, well, unfortunately, your deceased spouse left the insurance or retirement plan monies or yeah. whatever to the former spouse, and you're not getting that. So that's that can be a real shock. Yeah, and a lot of people don't understand that those beneficiary designations take precedence over what the living trust might say. Absolutely. It's all by contract. Very powerful. Yeah. Or joint tenancy and, and the like, right? Same thing. Yeah. Let's see, Mike. Throw this out there. The phrase trusted advisor is used pretty often. I I think you it's hard not to, it'd be rare you find somebody who's not a trusted advisor, but you know, and obviously we all aspire to be that trusted yeah. advisor. What does that term mean to you in terms of being a trusted financial advisor? Well, it's you know it, Yeah, I mean it's you're right. Everyone wants to be trusted. Everyone's gonna say, Oh, you can trust me and and we talk about building trust and how do we do that with people and there's various ways. But I think for me, I take it very, very seriously, the responsibility I have, mm-hmm. the care and feeding of my clients and being in touch with them. And so I think it's something that, again, it's cliche, but you earn it. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's implied, sometimes it's there right away, but I think it's everything. I think yeah. trust is everything and it. I will say that sadly, it really is hard to come by. Yeah. In this day and age. And I think, though, at the same time, it's very easy to determine kind of where people stand. You know, I mean, if I was out hurting people for 30 plus years, it would be out there somewhere. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the word gets around. I mean, yeah, it tends to follow you. And so I, I yeah. take that reputation very seriously. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the work I've done. I think I've got very loyal clients and lucky, loyal to them. And that's just, it's a great responsibility that I, again, I just don't take lightly. Okay. Thanks, Mark. Uh, let's see. Well, I guess that this is kind of a follow on question. I mean, what does it mean to be a financial advisor? I mean, can you? Is offer any opinion about that or your all No, you could probably get 12 of us in a room and each one would answer it differently because what their specialty is, what they sure. like to yeah. do, their emphasis of focus. And I really feel for the this the the average consumer and the the internet cesspool of information that's out there. Because I mean, really, you know, there's we're not lacking for information in this world. We're lacking for wisdom. And experience and grounded, tried and true things. That's at least what I try to bring to the table. So there's no shortage of information. I mean, you yeah. can go online and you know figure out how to do brain surgery if you'd like to, and yeah, maybe that'll come in handy someday if you have someone that is in that situation. But I just think it's challenging for the average person to to know which one to choose mm-hmm. on specialty. So you would vet them based on how are they licensed, how do they get paid. Right. Are they fiduciary or are they a fiduciary and they adhere to a suitability standard as well? There is a myriad of, and so it's no wonder people just throw up their hands and say, well, this guy sounded good on the radio and go with him. Right. Or, or the entertainers. Ooh, don't get me started on the entertainer yeah. financial people. Yeah. They aren't licensed. Yeah. They have no, they can say whatever they want. Of course. And then there's no backing. There, there's no entities that are looking over their shoulder and telling them they should say this or should say that. So that th- I think that's where it gets dangerous and really challenging for people to find the right. But I think you have to have a fit. You got to like the person. Sure. Got to be able to get along because you're going to be joined at the hip, or at least in my case, I'll be walking you down this mountain for uh, a, probably a very long time. You know, everyone's going to live a lot longer than they expected. And sure. Yeah. Conversation, you know. You were, you've more or less addressed it. You know, the question I had was, why should folks choose a financial advisor? And I think you've more or less touched on it. You know, there's a lot of information out there, but as you say, and I think you're absolutely spot on, there's not a lot of wisdom. And so having, it, you know, and it's that understanding, well, what should we do? Yeah, I mean, there are lots of things you could do, but what right. should you do based yeah. on your circumstances and what you want to accomplish, your goals, objectives, et cetera? And then working with someone like you, you can help them understand, okay, well, here's what you've shared with me that you said was important to you. Now, let's see how we might go from where you are now to where you'd like to be within whatever the time frame is, and right. then turn path forward together and uh, bring your experience to bear and your wisdom, your hard-won wisdom on what's the, you know, what's the safest route to get down that, to either get up the mountain or to get down the mountain if they're- right. Now in the consumption phase of their retirement years. Yeah. And it's really, I just think the uh, the do-it-yourself thing, I honestly don't think it's possible. I really don't. I mean, I'm immersed in this industry mm-hmm. for 30 plus years, day in and day out. Yeah. And if I have trouble keeping up- uh, We all do. It's incredible, right? So- It changes. If every awesome. successful person, they have other people that yeah. they know and trust to do things for them. Like- Of course. Like just the other day, you know, handle broke on the faucet. I probably could, but I'm not gonna. You yeah. know, I just so I'm gonna pay a guy, he'll come fix it. 
I got a gardener dude that, you know, I got all the people to take care of things and all the successful people, you know, Tiger Woods, best golfer in the world, pays a coach. Yeah. He has a coach. He's got therapists. He's got physical, all of these people. And it's really no different in this, in every other arena, you know, we do for a living. Right. But we are not supposed to be expert at other kinds of things. And so it really does. I think if you find the right fit, that the value will always exceed the perceived cost. I think that's a big one. I know that it's, a, it's an issue in your world as well, Rod, that right. people just, you know, oh, I don't want to pay the money. It's like, oh my goodness, pay the money, yeah. pay the professional, yeah, get the work done. And maybe six months, a year down the road, you will then realize how much value there was. And so the fee is really not even, shouldn't enter into the picture. I'd agree with that. Because I, I just saw a commercial today you know, there's lots of do-it-yourself out there for the state planning. And I, yeah. you know, I'll agree, you know, we are a devout nation of do-it-yourselfers. We love to do it ourselves until we screw yeah, there's We have to bring in the professional. pride to it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I just tell people, you know, it's fine, but, you know, you may not, you know, fully understand. I mean, you know, like you, I have to work overtime to stay up on my little narrow area of the law Yeah, and understand what techniques are available. And I like to think that I get smarter every year. Not that anything I did previously was bad, but I mean, we learn new techniques, new strategies. We have tax court cases that say you can do this or you can't do that, et cetera. We get smarter as time goes on and I can bring that experience to bear and I can, you know, make sure that the clients that they're, you know, what they told me in the client meeting, you know, their hopes, fears, dreams, and aspirations, whatever is important to them, that we can achieve those using the planning that we've designed together because it's a very collaborative process. Right. I meet them, I said, down with them. I say, well, these are your options. You tell me what works for you. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just what works for you based on what I've shared with you, what you can do. You tell me what you want to do and you make an informed choice. Yeah. Mike, in the moments that we have left on this, who are your best referral sources? You know, obviously the choir, my, my clients, you know, those that know me, love me, love what we've done, take great comfort in the types of things that we've done together. And then other professionals who have seen the results maybe with their own clients as well. Right. Okay. I, I think in the approach not do a lot of things to get clients like other people have. I prefer the organic approach, clients, friends, family, professionals, that type of thing. Right. It really works well and it's gratifying because, you know, they see the kind of work that you've done and and who wouldn't want to help their friend get more secure retirement income if that was their objective for one example, you know? I agree with that. I mean, some of the best referrals I've gotten are from the clients that I've had the privilege to work with, and they've recommended other family members, friends, associates to come see me. Yeah. You can't pay for that, that kind of word of mouth. I mean, no, and it's, it's gratifying important. and very humbling too that they thought, think so highly of you that they would say, go, go see Rod or go see Mike. I think that's, you know, I don't know yeah, that there's a better vote of confidence that you could receive. I had one referral that they would never have done any planning had it not been their friends recommending that they meet with me. They they had done nothing. They were in their late seventies, no will, nothing at all. Like they had to, and they just were too afraid. You know, they just were kind of reticent. And and so it was that kinship and trust that was immediately there. And we did some great work for them. It's lucky when that happens. I mean, it really makes a difference. And, you know, it it saves them a lot of headache, especially the surviving spouse, you know, that you know, there are no missed opportunities. In other words, you had a chance to get to them ahead of time yeah. and get some good planning, both financial and also the estate planning too, so that, you know, life goes on and when someone passes, you know, 
the survivor's life doesn't have to be, you know, disrupted and thrown into chaos, which is yeah. really, I mean, you can't put a price on that, just that peace of mind. Mike, how can you be found? So hoodfinancial.com, that's my website. Okay. O-D, hoodfinancial, is right up there, .com. There you can read about my map, gear, guide, the process. Um, we can connect with a 15-minute get acquainted phone call. I offer that to anyone just to kind of sit down and see what are you looking for? What's your situation? Is there a fit? That'll be followed by a free consultation where we do a little bit of a deep dive okay. and I kind of walk them through my entire process and what it would look like for them. Okay. What's really challenging, we've got 10,000 baby boomers a day, roughly, going up and down, you know, trying to get up the mountain and starting to come back down again. Right. They have no idea what to expect. Yeah. The math and science that's involved in retirement planning today is something that no generation has had to see before. And it's an experiment. I mean, it is a real experiment. Right. We see people that have accumulated all their money in a 401k. Yeah. This is the biggest tax time bomb. We've talked about that. Mm. And taxes are only going to get higher. You know, So it's like over the years, they've maybe done things that they could have changed differently. And so the, the message really is it takes a lot of different approaches to try to get them safely and securely on the path they want to be. I'm more than happy to chat with anyone, see if I can be a you know, second opinion, sure. or maybe it's just a one-off question they may have on something. I'm always happy to chat. Okay. Mike, is there, in the remaining moments that we have, is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't touch on or, or anything else you wanted to share with our listeners that would be valuable? No, I think we've covered kind of most of it. Again, it's like everything else. Uh, well, the, you know, the, there's what we call the four L's of retirement. There's lifestyle. People are usually really concerned about, we want to keep the same lifestyle we had and how do we do that? Right. And there's legacy, you know, where we get into the planning, the states, and then how do we get stuff passed on the right way, values, right. assets, et cetera. Sure. And there's going to be issues of liquidity. You always want to have some kind of liquidity in the mix. And then longevity is kind of that big unknown, right? Yeah. And that's the biggest challenge that people are facing today because if people, my oldest client was 103. Wow. And- my grandmother was almost 107 when she passed away. My goodness. Longevity is kind of the mother of all retirement risk because the longer we live, the more likely we are to see taxes go up, to see inflation, to see all these things that might, the markets crash or what have you. So we've got a plan for those. And then the fifth L, the one everyone forgets about is long-term care. That is by far the biggest financial risk that everyone faces. 70% of people over age 65 are going to need care. And that's separate from the three hundred grand that most retirees will spend on healthcare throughout their retirement. Right. So you take your million and a half four hundred one k that you might be very proud about and thinking you're doing okay, and you start chopping. Yeah. It's very challenging. So I would say this is not for the faint of heart, and it's not for the do-it-yourselfers. And right. trust a professional like myself or someone else to walk you through it. And really, we can create the type of retirement that you worked a lifetime to achieve. Excellent. Mike, it's been a pleasure to have you on the Thank call. You, Thanks for being available today. And if anybody needs to reach out to you, it's uh, hoodfinancial.com. Yep, that's the website. Look forward to hearing from you. Okay. Mike, again, a pleasure. Thank you for being on the call today. Thank you. If for our listeners, if you would like to follow up with Mike, possibly if you're in the San Diego area, you know, please feel free to reach out to him. Mike, do you have clients across the country or is it other than San Diego? Yep. yep, all across the country. Okay, great. All right. So if you're listening and you're not in California, yeah, no big. Mike is certainly ha available to take a call and talk to you and maybe help, if not help you himself, help you find someone in your local area who is an RICP. And I was about to say, the um, 
and I will say that this is how complex it's gotten. You, they now had to create a special designation, yeah, or you know, a retirement income, which didn't exist before. But because of the complexity, I mean, that's what where we've had to go. So you need to be working with a real expert in this area. Yeah, my uh, well, my, my, mistakes. my school teachers would be proud. I've got more letters after my name than in my name, and I barely made it through high school. So I'm just full disclosure. Excellent. Late longer in the education field. So anyway, great to be with you guys. Thanks. Thanks, Mike. A pleasure. You've been listening to the Legacy Leaders Podcast with Katie Beth Hand and Stan Miller. For more information on them and the show, please visit PinnacleLegacyLaw.com. If you like what you've learned today, do share the program with your friends and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.